show from a heavy metal perspective. From Danzig to death, to Dark Throne to Dr. Shrinker. Buckle up, things are about to get heavy. This is the Metal Podcast. Let's rock and roll. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Metal Podcast. I'm your host, DJ, and I'm with AC. Thank you for being with us. And AC, how are you doing today? I'm uh, very good. I'm not very well rested, but that just makes me uh, more likely to ramble, which I think could make for some good quality programming. The Rambler. Well, I think you're going to be doing a little better than I am at the moment because I did some homework. I hope you did as well. I know you're supposed to listen to Symbolic by Death, but I don't think we're really going to talk about that too much. I hate to break it to you, but uh, I listened to 72 Seasons by Metallica. And um, the worst part was in the way you listen to a record is you play the first song, you go to the second song, yada, yada. All right. Doesn't matter. That was an hour and 17 minutes. 12 songs. Oh, really? It's that long? Oh, yeah. No, it's... uh, Oh, boy. Yeah. The worst part, though. Well, maybe not the worst part, but after the last song, and I listened to it on Spotify, it does a random generated song for the next song. Well, it played a song by Ghost. And I've heard about this band, and it's like this guy that kind of looks like King Diamond. So I'm like, all right, let me listen to this song, right? Well, it's, I thought I was listening to like the Jonas Brothers or something. And it made me think like, they think Ghost and Metallica are like the same band. So that's how bad the 72 seasons is. Uh, I'll give you a play by play as well, but it's just, it's just so generic, so uncreative. So lifeless, so soulless. There's no emotion. There's no story. Now, are you talking no, about? Are you talking about Ghost or Seventy Two oh, Seasons? Oh, I'm, t- I'm talking about Seventy Two Seasons. I only oh. got through thirty seconds of Ghost. Once oh, okay. The vocals came in. I was done. Goodbye. Okay. Good riddance. It was awful. Okay, so so you're using all these adjectives to describe Metallica. So it sounds like uh, it's uh, just uh, another Metallica album then. But there were some thrashy parts in it. I'll give it that. But you gotta, you gotta. You got to sit and wait forever and get through so much boringness before you get anything. And I had to listen to a lot of Megadeth records after listening to 72 seasons. Some earwash. Yeah, I had to balance myself out. I felt like, uh, you know, like when the dudes would do a little too much heroin, you got to do a little cocaine to pick you up. That's what I had to do with, the, with this. <laughs> I had to do a Well, that doesn't really pick you up. That just kind of kills you. The heroin helps uh, you come down from the cocaine. I don't think Megadeth helps you come down in the same way. Although, I do, uh, well, before you go any further, I actually, I, I want to I interrupt you to, to say, I do want to talk about my experience with Symbolic. Because I think there's probably more to say about this 72 seasons album. And I got a little bit to say about it too, but I, I listened to symbolic and my, my first thought about halfway through the album was, yes, I have not heard this record before. And it was solid. It was a, it was classic 
death metal. Actually, I wouldn't call it classic death metal, but it was it, it was a it was a very good next step for death metal. Because you know those bands like Acre Cock. Do you know that band? You're at the gate. I, I know that. Yeah, where where it's kind of like this is the next evolution of of metal, but it's just really it's just watered down, bland crap. Like there's there's a, another band that comes to mind where this sounds like genuinely this this is this is the progression that the death metal should be on. Like this is the pinnacle of death. Like as far as I'm concerned, uh, well, well, think of it like like we're on a like a spectrum where you you have death metal is going to be like melodic and uh and on the other side you have it being more raw so you you get you have like eaten back to life on one end of the spectrum and then you have um symbolic on the other end like these and every and then the the closer you get to you know, the middle is, is bands that are like too raw or too melodic. I, I, this probably isn't the best metaphor, but I'm trying to, to paint this picture where like, this is kind of like how I, I like my death metal. It, it's, it's a good, it's a good amount of melody. They have the, like a really good harmony thing going, but it didn't feel overindulgent, which is what sounds of perseverance really was. and. This is kind of like a parallel between cryptic writings and risk where a lot of bands would do this. It's actually pretty common in the entertainment world in general, where something will be popular and the bean counters don't know what made it popular. So they make a huge miscalculation and they think, okay, well, it was popular and this was introduced. so. It must be this. This was the thing that worked. So cash in on this. Like Cryptic Writings was a little more poppy. It wasn't poppy. It was just a little more than previous efforts. It was a good blend. It was, it was good late 90s metal. Risk, they thought, oh, okay, well, it was a little more poppy and it was pretty successful. So if we make it a, a lot more poppy, It'll be way more successful. And I think that's kind of what sounds of perseverance was like, oh, we symbolic is it's a little more progressive. It's a little bigger on the guitar. We we got a little more musicianship going on. It's not, it's not the early, just one, two beats, edge, fast riffs. So let's just expand upon that. And, and I, I think most people don't like sounds of perseverance. They don't hate it like Risk. Risk is objectively, it's a bad record. Risk, risk is like not just bad; it's it's one of the worst. Like Risk is load and reload status. It's it's terrible. Like it's few, unlistenable. Yeah, few it's few bad. bands have like few as far as competent bands go. Few bands have records as bad as Risk. Like think of the the worst album by your favorite band. Risk is usually. 10 times worse than that where sounds of perseverance isn't a bad record. It's just, it's a, it's a different band. Most of the songs are too long. It, it's, it's way overindulgent. It's, it's almost like 
like death wants to be dream theater. Yeah, but you know, the one difference I would have, like with this Metallica, with this Metallica record, though, you can't tell that anyone has any musical like talent. And I hate saying that, but it's not good. And with death, like sound of, of perseverance, yeah, it can sound dream theater ish, but like, well, dream theater are talented still, musicians. Yeah, they're still talented as, musicians, and that I could respect that at least. You know, well, right? Least. Well, well, that's kind of my point. Is I yeah. think most people don't like sounds of perseverance, but they don't hate it. They're just kind of like, ah, I don't like that one. It's too progressive. It doesn't really sound like death. And that, and that's just kind of the thing. And everyone highlights, well, the painkiller cover, it's probably better than the original, but for the most part, it's not so much the black sheep. It's just kind of the one that people are kind of like, eh, nah, not really where it's not, it's, it's not that it's a bad record. It's just, it's a bad death record. That's kind of right. the problem. Where and risk is a bad a record. Standard. Yes, yes. Where especially after symbolic, which I, I was I was shocked by how good the whole thing was. And I did oh, listen it's to so it. good. I listened to it. I love the drumming to too. Oh yeah. Uh I think it's Gene Hogland. I think it is too. And Gene sure. Hogland's very solid drummer. Um what did you think of the song Crystal Mountain? Was it uh, too um commercial for you? I was gonna say the in the inside Crystal Mountain or crystal mountain. Um, it actually did feel more radio friendly, but like, and I didn't, I didn't even think about that until you said that. But like when I first heard it, I was like, okay, this song actually sounds like this could have been a radio hit, but it was a good song. It just, it, it had more melody. It just had a little more melody. It just, it didn't sound, uh, it sounded kind of the opposite of human or what I, what I want would want human to be. Cause I, I really don't like that record. I really don't. And this almost feels like the anti-human where all the things that don't work for that record, they do work here. Cause it's like they ironed out all the kinks. So we're going to have more extravagant guitar harmonies and just guitar parts in general but it feels a little more, it feels tighter. It's more musical. It's more melodic. And it doesn't feel like an excuse to just have guitar parts. And that's and kind like of the vocals too. Yeah. I think that, the vocals are good on the record too. It, it, along it, with it, everything you just said. It's, it's the, it's the middle ground between scream bloody gore and sounds of perseverance. It, it's it's the trajectory that they should have stayed on. Instead, they just kept going. And th- this is also another problem I see is why do why do we need to constantly evolve? Especially a band like Death, like bands like Death, Morbid Angel. See, Cannibal Corpse, they got it. They understood. They they knew what their audience liked. They stuck to it. But these other bands. It's not like they can break through to the mainstream. Maybe they, they thought they could, but most of these bands, they really cannot. Oh, some, oh, look at these bands. Cause you probably think, well, how, how could Megadeth or Slayer break through to the mainstream? And they did. Well, you know, it's completely different music than death metal, but they had their audience and they just said, well, we got to keep going. And they, they left their audience behind Metallica. 
before we, uh, we, we don't need to say much more about symbolic, but that was a, it was a solid record and it was nice uh, listening to that for the first time, but Metallica, they are the equivalent of, um, like the fast and furious or the transformers movies where that like the audience is, is set. Like it doesn't matter what they do. It, it, they're going to purchase it anyway. It, it, it's all about just that Metallica logo. Nothing else really matters. So when you bring up that you wouldn't be able to tell that these are good musicians, which James Hetfield is actually a really underrated guitar player. He's probably a better guitar player than Kirk Hammett, even though Kirk Hammett's the lead guitar player. <laughs> But you know what's interesting is that the solos for, for for some of it sound all right. The problem is that when the solos are going on, the rhythm is doing something so boring and so slow, and the drums are just hitting the cymbals, these one-two beats. And I think, I'm going to say this, I think Lars is using triggers on the album. I'm I don't think he's. I don't think he's using double bass. It sounds, it sounds so bad. Like he's hitting on, on like dumpster cans or something. It's not good. The vocal, so the the snare and the drums are, are recorded way too high. The volume's too high, too loud. The vocals are too loud. James' voice sounds really bad. Um, and it sounds like he hurts his voice too in certain times. I'll, I'll get into like the song. Oh, no, it, it's he it doesn't really do that. They oh, try then to make what's him, the point? Uh, yeah, no, it, it's it's really weird. It doesn't sound like James Hetfield singing. It it's re- like I think it's just too many effects. I was like, gonna say really I'm sure there's just a bunch of effects. Oh, I I I guarantee you that Metallica when they record anything. They, they, they opt for the most amount of, uh, digital, whatever they can do, whatever makes this easier. I guarantee there is no passion behind anything that they're doing anymore. I remember there was an interview with James Hetfield some years back where he said, yeah, this is just a a nine to five job for me, essentially. Like this is, I don't, I don't get anything out of it. It's just, it's just my job. And that's how the record sounds like. It sounds like they're just trying to get it, get through it. And then they think like, Hey, we're doing such a good job for you because we're making these seven minute songs. I mean, that's what I hate the most about Metallica, by the way. Yeah, no, look, and they've got like this 12 minute song. It's the last song on the album called like Inamorata or something stupid like that. Inamorata? Doesn't that mean girlfriend it, in Italian? It's it's really bad. It's a really bad song. I saw people online saying, this is the best song on the album. I'm like, okay, let's listen to it. I'm like, that's the worst one. And not just because it's the longest, but because it's the longest. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, what would you rather listen to that song or you suffer by napalm death? I can't listen to that, that there's some really bad songs, but you know what? Let's change. I the asked pace. you a question. There was, 
answer the you question. Suffer. Yeah, you suffer, but why? And no one would ever say like that song, that song is a joke. It's a joke. Everybody knows it. That's why they, they play it live. Cause ha, isn't that funny that, but which one would you rather listen to? Okay. You would never put you suffer on any playlist that you make, but it's, it's I'm not going to make people waste their time for 12 it's over. Minutes. It's over in two seconds though. Obviously you'd rather listen to that one cause it's shorter. Like 12, 12 minutes, you have to really wow me. And there, there are very few songs. I, I can think of one song off the top of my head. That's it's, it's like 11 or 12 minutes long that I would listen to. And I promise you, it's not the one you're thinking of. It's 11 minutes and 10 seconds long. This enamorata. Yeah. I'm not listening to it. And it's, it's immediately awful. Like the, bo- the intro's boring. Um, you just, when you listen, when I was listening to it, it made me want to cry because I looked down and I saw that I have 10 minutes left of the song. And it's like, you, you, you're not going to end this song. It's horrible. It's so boring. And I first listened to the album in my car. So I had something kind of to do. You couldn't really hear the guitars uh, in the car. Uh, the drums are too loud. The vocals are too loud. And you don't really realize how bad it is. You're like, oh, okay, that's, it sucked, but it's, you know, it's Metallica. What do you expect? But then when you really put the headphones on and listen to it, it's, it's disturbing. I think there's like, gotta be an it's influx. Like, it's like Grendel from Beowulf. Like it's so horrible. It, it cannot even be described. Yeah. Because it feels like they're trying to like do some sort of, like mind control or something like they just repeat these words and they rhyme and it's just you know staring into black light dominating birthright you know let me read you some of these lyrics oh please wrath of man wrath of man leeching through split in two wrath of man crashing two point of view wrath of man violence inheritance wrath of man thrive upon feeding on it's a beyonce song uh, piercing through, cutting to, polarized, point of view. Wait, point of view, crashing to, paralyzed. Like, it's just feeding on the wrath of man. Man down, barbaric. Quick fire machine gun thoughts, deep sea stigmatic. I don't know. I don't want to keep these doing are, this. It's just over are, and those over. Lyrics staring... don't make, those lyrics don't make any sense. It, it sounds like it's trying to be deep and philosophical. And a lot of people really did pretend that Metallica had a lot to say. Like you don't understand. You don't say anything. Things. Yeah, no, those are just words. Those are literally, those are just words strung together and they rhyme. And that's kind of my problem. And would you of. criticize, scrutinize, stigmatize my pain? Would you summarize, patronize, classify insane? So I stand here before you, you might judge, you might just bury me or you might set me free. What? That In a mirrored room. Talking to myself and the voice is pushing back. Yeah, these are them just inside words. my heart. Like these are just words. Would and, you criticize, scrutinize, analyze my pain? It's 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 really bad. I feel like a lot of people have after listening to this album, I wouldn't be surprised if there's been an influx of mental patients, like people getting committed. Like it's that freaking bad. It's bad. It's uh, bad. I would, I would the, argue. And the vocals you, are the worst part. Are they? I mean, 
we know the drums are going to be terrible. Well, okay. So not, one thing you bring up is the snare drum is really loud. Is, did you it's say way that? too loud? Okay, I that was like the that was always a, too that, loud. I was going to say that was a, a a very common complaint on Saint Anger. The snare drum is super loud on that record. And he's, he's I mean, not I think Neil Pert or uh, or uh, Mike. There's no Portnoy. drum fills, dude. There's no oh, drum fills. That's really funny. <laughs> like, like it, it's it's one two three four one two three four on the snare. One two three four one two three four on the snare or the hi hat. One two three four. Classic. It's like that's like eight minutes of this record is listening to the hi hat with the bass doing nothing. It sounds like a. What's that song? Like the the wipeout song or whatever, but he's not hitting the the fill. Yeah, that one. And you're like, and he's just in the hi hat. You're like, what is this garbage? And by the time, like, there's a couple times there's some kind of cool rips, but you're already like, you had to wait like three minutes into the song to hear it. It's not, it's not good. Well, I have some reviews here. I got this this um thing pulled in front of me from louder sound and please tell me how i'm wrong they're gonna say it's great uh uh i'm I'm not sure it looks like it well one guy gave it uh three and a half stars but one thing that stood out to me out of ten thousand no out of five is there's there's looks like a classic rock magazine so they have all the members of metallica on the cover Kirk Hammett and Robert Trujillo are holding their instruments, but Lars and James aren't, which that doesn't make any sense to me. Like if James was just the singer, okay, you know, you don't need to hold the microphone, but why does Lars not have like drumsticks or something? Like, cause you, ha- you took the time to give these guys instruments why didn't you give the other ones instruments like give lars like a cowbell because this is the the truth about metallica is that lars ulrich is metallica and why do you say that he is i mean i guess that makes sense he is he's always in the center of all the pictures yeah he he absolutely is metallica and and he's he is more metallica than anyone else is any band like obviously dave is megadeth but Steve Harris isn't Iron Maiden, even though like he he is the he's the primary songwriter, but Iron Maiden is Iron Maiden. Lars Ulrich is Metallica. James Hetfield is is the singer for the band Metallica. Robert Trujillo is the bass player for the band Metallica. Kirk Hammett is the guitar player for the band Metallica, and Lars Ulrich is Metallica. He is he is a short, obnoxious loudmouth that for some reason is given some real important role. Like Dave Lombardo is, is not highlighted as much as Lars Ulrich is. And Lars Ulrich, all he did was just weasel his way in. He took the name Metallica from a magazine. He, uh, he poached musicians from other bands. He had them steal songs. He, he was just the one that was there. He is, I I don't, I I don't know if I said this before. 
I, on this, I've said it many times here, Ringo Starr is not the luckiest man in show business. Lars Ulrich is. Like, Lars Ulrich is a slightly better drummer than Ringo Starr, and that's about it. And he is the, the mind behind this band, and he doesn't do it in a way to keep them relevant. He does it in a way to make sure they are as lame as possible. He is the reason there were no solos on St. Anger, because he said guitar solos aren't cool. Uh, he's the reason that they don't play most of their older songs because they're too hard for him, as what he said. He he almost certainly was the reason that they went to Bob Rock and said, make us a really commercially successful record where we don't have to do much. Lars Ulrich is the risk of people in rock bands. He is objectively a terrible drummer. He is an awful person. Remember, he's, he was the one that is responsible for Napster going down. And the funny thing is, do, uh, do you know about the, um, the app called soul seek? I do. I do remember that one. Okay. For downloading no. music, right? Is yeah. I've like never, LimeWire or one of those. Yeah. I've never downloaded a song ever. Um, I couldn't I, figure I, it out, but I did download it back in the day. Well, yeah, actually, I've, I never I've, downloaded anything. I, I've always paid for all of my yeah, music. Me too. Thank you. Yeah. I always, yes, yes, um, and yeah. I, I encourage everyone can, always pay for, um, for your music because, um, if you recall, Lars that one, might get mad at you. Well, remember that episode of South Park where Lars he couldn't get the the uh, shark tank for his swimming pool. Remember, if 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 people keep downloading music, then uh, rock stars will only be confined to lives of semi luxury. But yeah, anyway, they're, they're driving. Yeah. The guy who made Soul Seek, he made it for the purposes of independent musicians to share their music because that this was, you know, the early two thousands where, you know, not everyone was guaranteed a label, but you could still record your stuff and you can convert it to MP3. But that was why the guy made it. So I, I would also make the argument that Music sharing with things like Napster, LimeWire, SoulSeek, not that I would ever do it or have ever done it, but it does help exposure. It, it helps people find bands that they had never heard of. Like, oh, what, what else is like this? Oh, I like Metallica. Oh, you just called me derogatory words. And, but then you listed a bunch of other bands I should listen to instead. Oh, I've never heard of Testament. Wow, this is actually pretty cool. What else is there? Oh, I've never heard of Coroner. Oh, I've never heard of Celtic Frost. And then you just go from there because most of these bands, their records were almost never carried in, in big stores. Like back in the day of Tower Records or FYE, if it was a big enough store, you might find, oh, look, oh, here's uh, Behemoth. Oh, here's Exodus. But smaller bands, you're not going to find them. So the, uh, Lars Ulrich got Napster shut down and all it did was really hurt struggling musicians. 
it didn't hurt Metallica because their fan base is, is set in. He can say all he wants. Oh, well, they stole our music. Napster hijacked our music. Okay, thanks, buddy. You already have a set in fan base. Like people are just going to buy your stuff anyway. And uh, right here we got, this is what Stephen Hill from Metal Hammer said. 72 seasons isn't an easy listen. It demands work. That's what I want. I want work when it comes to listening to music. What I, what I really want, I want things to be as difficult as possible for my leisure activities. And that's what this is. Ballads are absent and even big melodies are scarce. Though that ensures they're all the more striking when they do arrive. Jamming the slow-burning 11-minute enamorada on the end of an album that's already passing the 60-minute is the work of a band seeing how far they can push things. Quite far. It turns out, enamorada is one of the best songs on the album. It also ends with a much-needed chink of light lyrically. That was from Dave Ever. Sorry, that was from that Dave Everly sucked. from Classic Rock. That guy's an that guy's an idiot. Yeah, Dave Everly, Classic Rock. Sorry, Stephen Hill from Metal Hammer said this deep into a career, it's hard to imagine many bands making their finest material. That Metallica have still found something new to say, if not play, deserves respect. They may not have delivered their very best, but they've given us the best we realistically could have hoped for. Is this the best you could have hoped for realistically? I'm asking you. This yes this album no. was. I asked this you a question. Al- I asked this you this album. Question. This album was better than I thought it was going to be, and it was awful. Okay. I thought it was going to be worse, to be honest, because okay. there at least was some parts that you could tell at least someone had some talent, and it came from Kirk Hammett. Okay, that doesn't mean the solos are good, but you can at least tell there's something you there. You can tell that Kirk Hammett probably gives, but, but some, honestly, some it, amount of of care. I mean, kind of. I mean, some amount. There, More than like, Lars and James. Yeah, there's maybe like 15 seconds worth of like a minute and a half solo that has. Well, yeah. How refreshing cool is that? 15 seconds compared to everything else. Well, it just makes you more mad because you're like, you guys had something for 15 seconds, and you decided to copy all the other riffs from the song that sucked. Because all they do is just recycle the same riffs over and over and over. And then they might do a little change to it. Like, there's no creativity. There's no, like, thinking behind it. It's just, it's just really lazy. It's, it's just the best way I could put it. It's really lazy. And they even, they, they kind of, it just sounds like they rip off a lot of parts. Like, there's, I forgot, I got to look at what song it was. But there's a song that just starts with, like, the drum hitting, like, the bass drum. And it almost sounds like the... um the new order song blue monday and if you like think of that song and start the metallica song goes along with it perfectly so lars probably heard that song was like oh we could do a metallica record song like Like, nobody nobody that listens to metallica like listens to bands like new order so i think we could just totally just like rip this this opening riff off and then nobody would notice it i noticed it that's what oh i noticed it i noticed it lars yeah, there's a bu- I just see a bunch of reviews here and uh, all these people. I mean, who who knows how credible these are cuz I see Jeff Tosio Facebook. Kieran Bide Facebook. Now, are these people that work for Facebook under some kind of 
Facebook journalism or are these just random reviews from Facebook? Now, this is one thing I did want to comment on because you said sounds so lazy. And this guy right here says it's, um, it's better than realistically you could have hoped for. Now to it me, it's still better. Well, how easy would it be for Metallica to just phone in a record that sounds like kill them all? How easy would it be for Metallica to just come up with some really simple, they can't, do, they can't play it. Riffs? Lars can't do it. I was, I was thinking like, he can, one, he can, he have... can one, two, 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 da, 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 you know, maybe, maybe you have one or two that have those clean interludes, you know, those, those, those elongated, uh, melodic bridges, you know, maybe you could do that, but how about you just phone in an early thrash record? It would be so easy. And do you know how many more people would like that? Nobody would say, this isn't Metallica. How come this doesn't sound like, uh, my friend misery. How come this doesn't sound like mama said? No one would say that. Everyone would be like, dude, this is the best thing they've done since master of puppets. That's no, what everyone it's... would be saying. Everybody, everybody would oh, rather yeah. oh, them yeah. phone in some cheesy thrash record with where, where, you know, every song is, you know, a 170 BPM, even if the riffs are cheesy. And you could just have some really, really cheap harmonies and some, some really cheesy pentatonic leads from Kirk Hammett. You you could absolutely do that. You could phone in the whole thing. Nobody would, would care. In fact, it would bring back all the people that they lost because what Metallica essentially did was they traded their fan base for like dads that wear, um, worn jeans that became Metallica's fan base, like dads that wear leather jackets that are really expensive, but don't look that good. That, that is the fan base for Metallica at this point, not people that like aggressive, creative music that, you know, helps them turn all their internal angst into a, a positive outlet, like people that used to like metal. Nope. It's just people that think like, did you hear the new Limp Biscuit record? Man, that goes hard. This is hard, man. Like people that don't say, yeah, there's a, that goes hard. Yeah. Like I hear break stuff and I'm like, this goes hard. Like that's your Metallica fans. That's it. Not, not people I would ever invite to a barbecue, just like, like people that are really completely like middling IQ, like Metallica is music for dumb people that do not know what heavy is. So I believe these people, when they, when they give all these, these 
grandiose reviews because there's two things. One, these people are paid to say this, which is possible. Or two, Metallica could have put anything out that says Metallica on it. Like they could have called the record. Uh, we, we recorded this to take your money and you are not smart enough to not buy it and you'll do it anyway. Like every track could be a dig at everyone who bought it. And these same people would say they're better than ever. Metallica is better. The song. Uh, I can't believe that anyone would say anything good about this. What a dummy. What a dummy. That goes hard. This is the inter-Sandman of this era. That's how dumb these people are. If you like this new record, I really want you, and I haven't listened to it, but I've heard what Metallica's put out until um, Hardwired. Because I don't care. I don't care because I know what Metallica is all about. They, they, they phone everything in. They don't care about you. They don't care about making music. They, they, this is what a sellout is. A sellout is not someone that makes money. A sellout is not someone that accepts an endorsement for money. I wouldn't even call someone a sellout if they're out there saying, eat the new Whopper at Burger King. I endorse it. I wouldn't even call that a sellout. Metallica sought out someone to make them money and abandoned everything that they started as. They abandoned metal. Look at the transition from the black album to load. They are no longer the band that they were. And they actively sought that out. It didn't gradually happen. It's not like kill them all is this. And then, oh, we see the change to ride the lightning. A little change to master puppets. Oh, okay. I see where you're going here. Okay. And then by the time the black album comes out, you go, okay. All right. I see where they're going. And then they, no, they, they just like overnight went from injustice to all and justice for all to the black album. They did this just to make money and they didn't need to. They were already a successful band and Justice for All sold 3 million copies. And they said, that's not enough. We want more money. We don't want to play music. We want money. We just want money. And I understand. Like if someone said, oh, would you do the thing that they did? I don't know. Because they're clearly not happy. Like James Hetfield's been in and out of alcoholics anonymous his whole life despite having all the money he could possibly spend in five lifetimes the guy can't stop drinking oh alcoholism it's an addiction but yeah but he's coping with his depression if you gave me the amount of money that he had and they just said you can never touch a drop of alcohol ever yeah no problem clearly the guy's not happy if you look at the lyrics of this album, you would see, and I don't know if he wrote it or not, but you would see someone I feel that's like lar- someone, I feel like someone's really, someone's really reaching out, like asking for help. Like, and that's sad to think, but there, there is no soul or life in this Metallica record. And there hasn't been in a while. 
Um, but when you listen to the new Megadeth record, The Sick, Dying, and the Dead, it's like a return to form. Um, I actually have to re-update my top five or six Megadeth records. Maybe we can do that another time. But it's not only that the riffs are better, the musicianship's better, the songwriting is better, the vocals are even better, the solos are better. There's life, there's soul, and there's even like a story being told. You know, there, there's emotion, there's feeling. Dave kind of creates this aura of like, you know, kind of like the, the world ending. Kind of, I listen to Dystopia, it does the same little thing too. He even has on the Megadeth record, the newest one, he even has Ice T do some, some voiceover work during one of the songs. And lovely. There's a, <laughs> you're going to like that one. But yeah. uh, there's a Sammy Hagar. Uh, Sammy Hagar's on one of the songs with Megadeth. It sounds really good. It's a this new Megadeth record is comparable to Killing Is My Business. Okay, well that that's like, high praise. I would. That's probably would my second put, favorite of the first four. Really, Peace Sells is my second favorite. Peace like, Sells is my first favorite. Okay. I like Rust in Peace. Rust in Peace is my had, third favorite. But Rust in Peace, you could argue, is the best thrash album of all time. If you're gonna, I pick would a, not argue that. No, you could argue it's the best Megadeth album. It's not my favorite, but I would not argue it's the best thrash album. Compared to like all the musicianship and talent and yeah, but that doesn't make that doesn't make the that doesn't make the album. That those are, you know, it, that it has the best presentation. Rust in Peace is like it's 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 a perfectly balanced record in terms of production. The other records would be better because if the, if the production writing. was better, that yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and if I've, the production was better on the first two albums, they would be better. And than a lot, and, and the production for the Black album is really nice. But 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 this doesn't make the record good it just the presentation for the black album is really nice but the songs are bad and and by no means are the songs bad on rust in peace but i do not think the songs on rust in peace are as good as most of the songs on the first two i think almost every song on peace cells is better than almost every song on rust in peace well, I I think there are a few standout really tracks. I think there's a few standout tracks on Rust in Peace that are just kind of like, if you had to make a list of like best thrash songs you've ever heard, I think there's a few that could go there. But uh, Holy Wars, I do not think is it's not better than Good Morning. I don't think it's better than Bad Omen. I don't I don't think it's better than Peace Cells. I don't think it's better than uh, My Last Words which I think is one of the best Megadeth songs. Yeah. I would say almost every, with the exception of Dawn Patrol, which isn't really a song, but other than that, I would say every song on Rust in Peace is better than I Ain't Stu- uh, Superstitious. That's about it. And, and not that that's a bad song, but that, that song's good. And it's not worse because it's a cover. It's just well, it's not a cover. as good. Yeah, as, I was going to say it's, it's a cover. That not as the, good as the other song. My, my boots were made for walking. Well, on that's on Killing My Business. business. Yeah. But that's a good, that's a good cover. Well, my point was that Megadeth, you know, they had a return. They never got lazy. Metallica, Metallica. Okay. Metallica never had to fight Clubber Lang. 
that, that the best way to put it is is Megadeth. Megadeth fought Clubber Lang and lost, and they they had to get that Eye of the Tiger, where Metallica is uh, fighting all the the chumps from the beginning of Rocky Three. And so they're, you know, they're, they're, they're flabby and, you know, they're, they, they never had to, to, to get hard. They never had to get tough. They, they just stayed co- uh, complacent with just, well, we just time for a new Metallica record. All right. You know, we get some revs and get some clean parts. Okay. Maybe this part will be fast. Oh yeah. 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 If you tell okay. All right. Done. There wasn't much yeah, yeah, yeah this time. But I'm uh, sure there was some. There was at least but, one. But there this one I wrote some notes on this one song called Crown of Barbed Wire. And each song on the record gets like exponentially worse. And then what there's about like a song the three minute like, song. There's one three minute song called Melodic. That's the best Return. song. That's okay. the best song. Okay. The second best song is the next shortest one, which is four minutes and four and a half minutes. Those songs are too far gone. Yeah, too far. Those gone. are the that, ones that probably that, sound the most like metal my, songs, right? Yeah, they, those might be the best. Like those are actually like Decent good songs. songs minus like a minute or so. You know, so only thirty percent of the song is awful, which isn't terrible. But this Crown of Barbed Wire, I honestly say that Metallica should be embarrassed for for releasing the song. I think it's, Metallica it's should be embarrassed for most of the things that they've done. Yeah, like, literally like this a, one in particular, because like. The vocals and the guitar playing, it, the drums are obviously terrible. And it almost sounds like um, James is trying to sound like Steven Tyler uh, of Aerosmith. And like, you know, instead of don't want to close my eyes, it's crowned above the wire. He's, he's like whining. It's really weird. Like it's I don't know what Lars is telling him to do on this record, but it's it's embarrassing. Like it's really it's just. He just has it's a bottle. Hard, it's just hard has like to a listen. big bottle of like, and you're like, there's 12 songs. Like maybe if there was like six songs and they're all half as long, it, I wouldn't be saying it like this. But it's just not good. And then you know, I praise some solos, but by the end of the record, you're like, oh, I've already heard this solo before. It, it sounds all the same. Everything's recycled. Like it's, I just don't think they. It's like a band went into a recording session just to jam and like, you know what? Like, let's not even work on it. Let's just re- release it. Let's do it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like it's, I think my way was, I think mine, mine was better where, where they just said like, okay, we got to do this. Okay. We got like, they probably went down the, the list of like, what do we do for a Metallica record? They probably said like, okay, what is the Metallica formula? Do that. Like they're probably looking to do the least amount of work possible. They're probably just like, what, what can we get away with? Cause they, they clearly wanted to make money. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. And, and it's not like they're hard up for money. It's just like, what can we do to, to, to make money? And they also have to keep up the facade that they are a, a serious rock band where like, cause pe- people think that Metallica is more than they are. Like they, people think that Metallica is actually this, this super smart, intelligent, like people think that Metallica is like dream theater. 
people I'll, think they're smarter just because they listen to Metallica. Like that's how that is like, actually sadistic. that is that's, that's, that is true. That's, and that's and the, like the sadistic part. And another th- the thing to add about that is like what I was talking about. Uh, dads in um, worn jeans are the Metallica fan base now. Now those are the black album and on like they might do master of puppets just because someone told them to, and they don't want to look uncool at the barbecue, but there's going to be people that they like all that stuff, but they'll tell you like, no, 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 you don't understand. Um, blackened, you know, it's so smart. And like, they'll, they'll talk about the first four Metallica records. Like nobody's ever heard a song from it. Like, did you know that Metallica had a record in 1984 called ride the lightning? And there's a song on it called the call of Cthulhu. It is like, it's like nine minutes of the best musicianship you'll ever hear. And it's a yes, Yes. Everyone knows these songs. Everyone knows Metallica. Like we're, I, I, I and I promise we're not going to make it like a regular thing that we're just going to hate on Metallica. But this is, this is a, a big problem that I see. Cause I'm looking at all these reviews. Not a single one of these, because I'm going to listen to the record now, not because oh, I need to. to. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, it's it's not. You, have, you just have to because. Yeah, I, I I'm going to because like say, I'm gonna yeah, I'm yeah, gonna speak so ill. I'm gonna speak so ill of them, I, and, and I know, and I'm not going in like I'm gonna hate this record because I. Why would you want to go into something hating it? Like why no. why do you want to have the worst time possible? And. And the first song too, um, like I think, think seventy two seasons at fifty, like at fifty, yeah, at fifty seconds into the song is when you first get like a thrash riff, and you're like, "Can this record be good?" I mean, obviously the intro sucked, but like, there's an actual thrash riff, you know. So it's like, there's parts of it, um, and yeah, like you said, like we're not here just to oh, bash okay. Metallica. Okay, you know? okay, right here. Okay, I, I found a, a review where someone says, um, it's worth taking a moment on account of James Hetfield's genuinely moving lyrics in which he digs deeper into his early trauma than ever before. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's someone in pain. Like it's misery, she fills me. Oh no, but she's not what I'm living for. Oh no. Isn't he married? Oh, misery. She needs me, but I need her more. She loves me, but I love her more. She kills oh, no, me. She kills me, now. but I end this war. She fills me. She fills me, but she's not what I'm living for. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Not why I'm living. Good Lord. It's just this. Oh, misery. Like, misery she needs. It's That song is bad. That's the Inamorata song. Misery. She needs me. It's like, dude. You're going to end up as like a mental patient if you listen to that song like multiple times. It's so bad. And the lyrics are awful. They just try to rhyme. Instead of doing like, yeah, he just rhymes with stuff to like replace it. So there's not much yeah stuff, but it's this rhyming that is really pathetic. It's, yeah, so it looks it's like really bad. he got divorced in 2022. So, you know, well, there's that. So that's, that's, a, I mean, I might reach out to him to see if he needs to talk to someone. I feel bad now for, probably, well, I, I mean, it, this his, guy is depressed. His, his best know, friend like is depressed. His best friend is Lars Ulrich. Oh. Can you think of something more depressing than that? I'm trying nope. to think how to properly talk about that, but, but it's like he actively sought him out unless there was some mind control going on, which I don't know. 
I wouldn't want Lars as my friend. Lars, to, like, Lars was married to, to a girl whose last name was Satanstein. That is an interesting last name. But anyway, um, I, I wanted I wanted to to touch on this earlier because you're talking about how Megadeth. It sounds like they had a return to form. Um, I'm gonna one up you, uh, Creator. They 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 did an album that was on I believe eight track. The uh called it was Hordes of Chaos I believe. I've heard that. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly certain it was it was recorded on on eight track, and it they they just said because you know they 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 had a a string of of bad records, Outcast and Arama. Violent Revolution is okay. Like Violent Revolution is kind of a cryptic writings. You know, like well, it's got yeah. some pop. They got they got some some good stuff on there for the most part. C minus passable. Enemy of God's pretty good. It's kind of like all right, we're back on track. And what they did with Hordes of Chaos was they said, okay, let's sound as eighties as we can get. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, the album was recorded in a live setting on an analog tape recorder with a few overdubs. And they said that was the first time they recorded it that way since pleasure to kill. So they did, they did the whole thing. They did the whole, the whole spiel like, okay, we're not just going to write like we did in the eighties. We're going to record like we did in the eighties because they know what worked and, and what didn't. And this is, a, this is a thought that I had earlier. And it, it, it is something I was thinking about with symbolic and especially with Metallica where Metallica is really phoning it in and with sounds of perseverance, he was trying, he, Chuck Schuldner tried to do something interesting. It, I, I don't think it hit. And a lot of these bands they started chasing trends and what they did is they abandoned what made them popular in the first place. So you, you, you know, you have the first four Megadeth records and it all, it all builds up to, to rust in peace, which not my favorite, but I understand why it's other people's favorites. And then, um, countdown to extinction comes out and it's, it's their biggest debut. It's a huge record and they, they, they missed the point. It's almost certainly a, a big record because it was the one after rust in peace. So you have these bands that just start chasing trends. So they're not playing music that they know how to play and that they want to play. Now imagine, and this is, this is a question I have for you. And now think about this because I know how, how hard questions are for you. So, you know, take a moment if, if need be, how many people do you think started playing specific types of music? Like, Hey, I'll get a guitar, you get some drums and we're going to play whatever genre is currently popular. And then we'll get rich and famous. How many people do you think did that? Cause it's not a zero number. It, it's, it's some, how many do you think did it? Like in the single digits, uh, thousands, 
millions. How many people do you think said like, for example, like, um, it's 1997. Let's learn how to, to make alternative rock because then we'll get rich and famous. How many people do you think did that instead of just like, let's play music that we like. Have I given you enough time well, to answer that question? Yeah, I'm trying to gather my thoughts because I think I'm going to just contradict myself. But yeah, I think usually when you start like a band or get into music for the first time, you play whether whatever's most popular at the moment and or what you like the most. So I think you have to balance what. Okay, I'm not even answering the question. I don't think many people... I don't know. I think, like, you would try... It's that... I think you talked about... Oh, well, gosh, that, well let, me, let, me, let me rephrase, let me rephrase okay. this, because I think I, I, I complicated it. So how many people do you think said, let's learn how to play this... This music is really popular right now, and the, there's a lot of bands popping up, getting famous off this. Let's learn how to play this, instead of people that just said... Hey, do you want to start a band? We both like this kind of music. Do you want to play this kind of music and see where it goes? How many people do you think did the former over the latter? I really don't know because I, I think, would think it's a low amount. Yeah, I think it's a very low amount because it's hard to get someone on board to be like, "Why well, yeah, would we play like, crappy like, music? I don't like well, that music." Well, well not just that, that but well, you might you might get people that are like, "I don't know how to play that type of music." Like I know, I know how to play jazz. I don't, I don't know how to play grunge. I wouldn't know how to write any of those songs or something like that. Like I know how to play blues. I don't know how to play, uh, European dance. Well, I think, I think the answer to that question is how you brought it up earlier about there doesn't need to be an evolution when things are working you know evolution should happen when you hit a dead end and you need to advance but what's happening is these bands chase this music that they're not good at like you said rather than perfecting what well, you've already done if you're not a, so you know, much that they're not good at but they don't know how to make it because they're right all these bands they're they're calibrated to make the music that they like and know how to play. Like, do you think Metallica ever thought like while they were recording kill them all? Like, Hey, do you think if this works, we should slow it down and make really cheesy, cheap, uh, dad rock, Butt rock, nothing but rock on K rock. Yeah. Do you think they ever thought that? Probably not. They're probably like, yeah, we're going to, we're gonna thrash till we're gonna we tear die. Up your town, brother. Tear gonna, it up, brother. We're, we're gonna do it until we die. And so these bands, they know how to play you, this. Now, sure, some bands they they did they did branch out and try different things. And the perfect example is Testament. And and Testament, they they tried, and you know they they saw the writings on the wall. Like, okay, we tried with um with the ritual. It was a colossal failure. People don't like this crap. Let's get out. Let's go the other direction. Cause anthrax 100% changed. 
chase this trend. Like, oh, look at what metal is doing in this decade. Yeah, because I love sounds of white noise. And as far as I'm concerned, Anthrax has uh, two records that I care about. Everything else is is the most D plus C minus music ever. Even though sound, Sounds of White Noise is an excellent record. Well, it's because John Bush is on it. That's Armored Saint. You know, Armored Saint's a lot better band than well, sure, than Anthrax. But, well, yes, yes, that's true. But John Bush was also on their their other records uh, after that. And, and I don't hate any of the John Bush uh, Anthrax records. I do like all of them. But like Stomp 442 is really just like, let's try and make our version of new metal. And they did the same thing with Volume 8, The Thread is Real. And, and there are good songs on both of those records, but for the most part, like those, those are bad records. It, it, same thing with um, um, We've Come For You All. There, there are good songs on it, but it really just, that, that record is, to, to me, is interchangeable with the Black Album. I, I, and I think we've come for you all is a better record than the black album, but it's that it's that same type of rock. There are a few things in it that do, um, make it stand out from the black album, but for the most part, it was just that band chasing that, the, the, the nineties evolution. And that they, they did the same, Megadeth did the same thing. Slayer did the same thing. Like the, the old, the, the, Diabolus Musica, that really terrible Slayer record from 98. Can't remember the name of it. It's, it's really bad, but that it's them pretty much doing new metal and your Slayer. You, you don't know how to do that. And it shows, uh, Diabolus in Musica, that one, it's a really, really bad record. And, um. Yeah, and I'm looking right here under the reception. Yeah, Kerry King said he uh, regretted um, make uh, making that record, but I see here Rock Hard gave it 8.5 out of 10. Metal Hammer gave it a nine out of 10. Um, obviously, some band or some outlets like Metal Forces gave it a four out of 10. Spin gave it a four out of 10. Like people did criticize it, but there's still people giving it nine out of 10, 8.5 out of 10, and it's a bad record. Well, it's, it's funny that at least Kerry King is taking accountability. I don't think Megad or uh, Metallica would ever say that anything they did was like, they regret it. Like they, I, I guarantee they, you, they sold- if you get a few beers in James Hetfield and you're all alone, I think he would tell you that he regrets almost everything. Well, you're going to deal uh, with him crying on your shoulder and, and I'm not saying you should do it. I'm just know. saying it would probably happen. I did uh, say I would reach out to him. Yeah, he might. Uh, no, I, I'm, he... I'm, I bet. I, I'm sure if, if any of this got back to them, like they would be very pissed off. Like I'm sure James Hetfield wouldn't be like, oh yeah, well I'm great because blah, blah, blah. Did your lyrics say differently? Okay. Like you're clearly not you, a happy man. You, you must burn. That's one of the songs. And that song, it's seven minutes and three seconds long. And it starts off as the worst song of the album. You know, it, it's got such slow rips. The vocals are not just dumb, but hard to listen to. The drums kind of stop and continue like they're purposeful mistakes. So the point is they forgot what this song, this song actually has. Yeah, no, the song actually has sloppy drum play. Like it's actually sloppy. It's not clean. Like it's not, not even like not good. Like, you know, because it's uh, too loud or whatever it, 
it's sloppy drum play. So it was interesting that you explained it because I was going to ask, like, why would they keep this guy in the band? He's obviously holding them back. He's not good at his instrument. And if he's the one actually writing the songs and he's the the band, he's Metallica, that's concerning. Um, it's just, and even on this song too, on You Must Burn, you know, Hetfield's voice cracks. It sounds like he gets injured during the song. And that happens also in that Inamorata song. So, I mean, check it out. Um, tell me if I'm wrong, but it's, that's a sloppy song, at least drum, drum, drum wise. Like it's actually sloppy. Like a, it's not, it's not musically done well. Well, what I wanted to get at is there's two, two things here is one Metallica clearly doesn't care. They clearly don't, they don't care. And, and, and all these outlets, no one wants to say anything bad about it. And I have a hard time believing everyone is like seven out of 10. It's like, it's, it's all, they all agree. Seven out of 10. They've got we, two good songs on the record. Two good songs. Are they good songs if, or. If, I mean, they're not actually good songs. Like I would never listen to them again, but because I listened to it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then I also say that, well, they are really cheesy. They are cheesy ribs, you know, but they're catchy. The vocals aren't terrible and, you know, but they're not good songs. Five out of 10. Okay. Not bad. Pretty good. Yeah. Like not, not bad. Five out of 10. That seems fair for the, I'm talking about Lux Eterna, which it has some symbol for the A and E. So I don't think it's an actual word, but that's Lux Eterna. It just does that a bunch. That's good. You know, so it's like, instead of, yeah, he uses words like that. And then the, um, what's that other one? The Too Far Gone song. That one's fine. Okay. The shorter Too Far ones. Gone has a question mark. Yeah, the two short, <laughs> the two shortest ones are by far, are by far the best. Yeah, this is. And it's not just because they're shorter. They're actually better. Like, even if those other ones were three minutes shorter, so they're like four-minute songs, they'd still be awful. Doesn't that doesn't matter about the length of it. It's just bad for longer. That makes sense. I I'm, you know what? I I'd be fine with this existing. If people didn't pretend that this was good, that, that really upsets right, that's me. Bothers. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, if they just released a, a bad record, okay. So I have to, I have to look this up because I, I, I may be, com- well, I, I may not be prepared me, uh, for this. No, no, I'm looking up the reviews for St. Anger. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Pitchfork gave it up gave it a 0.8 out of 10, but, um, new musical express gave it a nine out of 10 entertainment weekly gave it a B plus blender gave it four out of five stars. All music gave it three out of five Uncut gave it four out of five rolling stone album guide gave it 2.5 out of 10 spin eight out of 10, um, entertainment, popular music, two out of five Metacritic gave it a 65 out of a hundred, which is just the aggregate of people. Um, Ulrich dismissed the criticism as uh, close-minded. He said, "You just, uh, you know, know what they say? If you don't like Metallica, the reason why is because, well, you just don't understand it." Well, well, to that, me, the, no, 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 no,
Like the album snare drum was widely criticized. Ulrich dismissed the criticism as closed-minded. Again, we'll go back to that. He will never admit that they did no. anything wrong. These these people. That's why I like what Carrie King said. It's like, yeah, it was bad record. Oops, a daisy. We'll do it again. Oops, and, and Dave bad. Dave says the same thing for Risk. Yeah. He says that was a mistake. Yeah, for sure. And. Uh, Metallica's never going to do that. Lars will never do that. No, no. Like he says, the, the criticism is closed minded. That, that right there tells you that all mean, you, all you need to you know. Don't, you, you're too dumb to understand how good my drumming is. Like he's, 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 no, not just his saying. drumming, his drum sound. Like he's, no, and, no. And, and, and all he needed to say was, listen, it's not for everybody, but I liked it. And that's why I, I decided that that was the sound that I wanted my drum to go with. And if you don't like yeah, it, you sorry, can it. if you we have other records for you to buy and listen, like he could even like mog people like, well, if you don't like it, go out and buy one of the other Metallica records. It doesn't have that. And then that would be more respectable than that's closed minded. Like what a weak thing to say yeah. that. And that record is you're, really you're bad. ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That you're ignorant. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I was thinking like, okay, this Nobody I know, even people that don't like Metallica or people that love Metallica don't like this record. So I'm expecting, um, like in a, in a, in a, a fair world it, to have like a three out of 10 across the board. And then no, it, it's, it's up and down. There's, there's one guy that, uh, Pitchfork hated it. Encyclopedia of popular music did not like it, but they didn't, doesn't look like they hated it, but the rest of them, like. Uncut four four out of five. Spin eight out of ten. Rolling Stone four out of five. And this is weird because Rolling Stone gave it a four out of five, but the Rolling Stone album guide gave it two and a half out of five. So I don't know what the difference is there, but it's pretty <laughs> funny uh, contradiction. Blender gave it a four out of five. Entertainment Weekly B plus. It's because it's Metallica. Any other band just puts this out, and it's it's going to be derided. Your people are going to say, this is not a good album. Oh, if Megadeth put something like this out, this type of garbage, it. Okay. Well, the, the world needs no. a hero is a really bad record, which does have one of the best Megadeth songs on it. But let's look here. Okay. Well, uh, again, this, well, this is weird. This got a lot of good reviews and this record is terrible. This record is better than because, Sanctuary. because of that song, one song can save a record. Easily, that, that might, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, you know what? I actually was looking at Megadeth's discography, and I could not find where "Kill the King" is. I like it, that song. It's but only you, on the the cap Capital Punishment compilation. Yeah, but but when you look at on Spotify, it says, "Oh, it's off a of War Chest." I'm like, that that's not right. That song came out like 20 years before. It's that, it's like on Capital Punishment. That. That's it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, that was really weird. But yeah. um, they made, you know they what made I found a... out about? Go ahead. Well, 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 after listening to one of the songs that Room of Mirrors, I think I, I did a little of the the, uh, the lyrics for us already. But it made me kind of think of Metallica as more of like like a progressive power metal band. Like, like on the terms of almost like a hammer fall or something. But... But even that is almost like too far. Like, I, like Hammerfall is better than Metallica, probably. You know, like it's, yeah. and that band's awful. I don't yeah. like power metal. I don't like it. And that's what it reminds me of. This record reminds me, especially that song is where I'm like, I had this revelation. Like, oh, they're a power metal band. Like a progressive power metal band that's 
at least Dream Theater, you could be like, okay, like they're doing all these solos. It's very uninteresting or whatever. It's, but if you're interested are in at least- that, then you, it, you'll you get it. Like if, if you want to hear a bunch of big guitar solos and really fancy mm-hmm. drumming, Dream Theater delivers. There's not much other substance, but if that's what you want, you'll get it. Yeah. So you might as well listen to Dream Theater if, if that's what you want. It, that and that is my whole problem with Metallica is Metallica is not bands like Rush or Dream Theater where people think Metallica is all about the the music for lack of a better word it, it's not it's not the, the crushing riffs and the thundering drums and the ripping guitar solos and the and the, the crunchy bass it, it's not about that it's it's about those long overindulgent interludes. That is what Metallica is about. And they don't do that as well as the bands that specialize in that. So with Metallica, you have, you have subpar thrash and subpar progressive metal. It's it. Metallica is a band that literally nobody needs because what they try to do and what they're known for they fail on both fronts. Like if you want thrash, you know, stick to destruction or Slayer or Exodus. Like you want progressive, like stick to, uh, dream theater, listen to rush. Like there are, there are, there are bands that do it way better. And Metallica is almost like the best comparison I have is they are the Mickey mouse of music. It, it's, uh, it's, it's something that's, it's been around forever. Everybody recognizes it and it's not as popular as the recognition would have you think. And I'm not saying this way. Oh, you don't like Metallica. Metallica is extreme. I, I know Metallica is popular, but you go to, you go to metal shows. People don't like Metallica. Like that literally it's a dads that like to barbecue. That's who likes Metallica. Well, and as I was listening to this record, and I think you had said this uh, one of our previous episodes that eventually, I think, or you had mentioned that story of your friend going to an Eagles concert and how everyone was just sitting in lawn chairs. That's what this album feels like. Like they weren't sitting just... in lawn chairs; they were sitting in the stadium chairs. Oh goodness! Okay, That's they were just more. sitting down at a concert. That's what this album feels like. Yeah, like, it, it's for dads that want to do barbecue. anything. They put it on while they're think. barbecuing and they say, yeah, man, it's the new Metallica. Is it good? It's Metallica. It's like no one really likes Mickey Mouse, but like, you know, people have Mickey Mouse uh, gear, so to speak. You know, you know how I mentioned that, uh, that ghost came on after listening to Metallica, the 72 seasons, after you listen to the sick, uh, dying in the dead from Megadeth, just, just guess what type of band comes on. Justin Bieber carcass comes on. Oh, <laughs> a carcass song. Okay. From something, surgical steel, like, like, a, you like a ripping death metal song where you're like, okay, they realize that this album is closer to death metal than it is to, some little power metal BS little girly boy music, you know, like ghost or Metallica, like even the crappy AI 
realize that Megadeth is so much better than Metallica. It literally right. ended well, the debate. Uh, well, you know that's, what I mean? Metallica is a commercial band. Metallica is is Coca-Cola, Superman, Mickey Mouse. It, it, it's, it's an American icon. Uh, Marlboro cigarettes, Bud Light. Metallica is, is more of, um, uh, almost like a, like a tradition. So you listen to Metallica when you don't listen to metal. You, you, you also like, you're, you also like corn and you like Pearl Jam and you like the killers like you, you like mainstream rock. You do not like metal. M- Metallica is not for people that like metal. And this, this record, it, it's like Metallica fans are reviewing it. Well, a Metallica fan is not a metal fan. I wonder what metal fans actually say to this. And you know what? I would bet metal fans probably didn't listen to this. They're, they're, they're listening to altars of madness for the 300th time. They're listening to butchered at birth. They're listening to Heartworks. They're listening to pleasure to kill. They don't, they don't care about this. They're listening to infernal overkill. They, they, they well, know what they like. Well, after I listened to the Metallica record, and I listened to a bunch of Megadeth. I had to listen to uh, uh, Necrot- uh, Necroticism by Carcass. And that, uh, I love that album. And it, I feel like it's comparable. Discanting the Insalubrious? Yes, that one. And I listened to, no, in, in particular, I listened to Incarnated Solvent Abuse. And it's just so that's hard the, to, That's the... But it's like there's nothing like that. Welcome. No, that sounds to this different. world of hate. <laughs> that's I know it's not incarnated solvent abuse. No, that that's that, one of my favorite songs. Yeah, the, those those bands, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dump on all of Metallica. It really is. It was the black album and I, I, I stand by this completely Metallica killed hard rock and they didn't just kill it. They murdered it. They didn't, they didn't drunkenly hit it with their car while joyriding. They snuck into its house in the middle of the night and they slit its throat. That is what Metallica did to hard rock. Metallica was a band. They could have done anything and they could have kept doing thrash and they could have lifted up all the other bands. They could have carried these other bands on their shoulders. They could have done it all and they could have done it with ease. They wouldn't have to do much. And they chose, we're going to take what was popular and we're going to subvert it for money. We're going to take our name, which is synonymous with a type of genre and uh, specifically the sub genre, which is thrash. And we're going to do something completely different and we're going to get really popular from it. 
and everybody else in this genre is going to chase us and they're not going to understand what happened. And a bunch of stuff is, is going to spawn from the fallout. They, there's no way they thought, okay, we're not going to have any impact on it. We're probably not going to change the game at all. Everything's going to be everything. We're just going to make a lot of money. I, I guarantee you, someone said, you know, this album's going to be big and then people are going to want to replicate the success of it. And that is, that's what happened with every band. And it, all it did was it took these upcoming thrash bands that were starting to make it because thrash metal was starting to become more commercial. And all it did was it just cut them off at the knees. It basically said, yeah, so, you know, you're, you're, you're coming up and we're starting to uh, normalize this music in, in the eyes of the mainstream. Well, we're going to go a different direction and back to what I, that hypothetical that I asked earlier, I guess it wasn't hypothetical, it was more rhetorical. While you are good at writing thrash metal, you're going to have to learn how to write this sludgy crappy metal if you want to be famous. And people said, well, I do want to be famous because I do need to feed myself. I got into this because partially I, I wanted to be a big rock star. Okay. Well, you're not going to get that doing what you're doing, even though the audience is there because I don't, I don't believe most, most I'll call it art for the sake of uh, brevity. You know what I'm talking about? I don't think most art that we see in the mainstream is grassroots. I, b I believe rap is completely astroturf. I think it, it appeals to a very niche demographic, but the overexposure has caused people to think, okay, well, this is popular. This is, this is what the people like. And they don't take into account that this was heavily pushed and, and you can have the, the same, uh, or the opposite effect with the, the, you know, pick a, pick another genre and then don't play it on the radio anymore. And then all of a sudden, well, no one listens to that. That's true. I haven't heard it on the radio and, and blah, 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 blah. And, and that, that is what I think happened with music. So this, this modern, this modern music is propped up by these, by these big companies and they just tell people, oh, this is popular. Oh, you don't believe me? Why is it always on the radio? Why is it always advertised on Spotify? Why is, uh, the new video always advertised on YouTube? Huh? Well, it's cause people watch it. Well, all you need to do is you just have it show up on the homepage on YouTube. People will see it. Have it show up on the homepage of iTunes. People will see it. Have it show up on the homepage. People don't understand how this works. It's not like I want it. I want to see it. So put it on the homepage of iTunes. No, no, no. They put it in front of you. It's a billboard. It's, it's, it's the equivalent of the billboard outside your house. You know, you log on to YouTube. Oh, a new single out by Beyonce Knowles. Huh? Okay, well, I'll watch that because I don't know where to get my music. So this might be something. Oh, it's got millions of plays already. It must be good. And that's how it works. They did the same thing with, with Metallica. They play it over and 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 over and
And then now everybody knows it. Household name. It, and every every band that sounded like old Metallica. Well, uh, well, Metallica, new Metallica is the popular one. That's the stuff they played. That got heavy uh, airplay. How come there's no music video for Four Horsemen? Huh? How come there's no music video for Chapped Under Ice? Huh? How come there's uh, new, no music video for Battery? Because those are the ones people don't like. People like uh, Unforgiven. People like uh, Nothing Else Matters. People like Entry Sandman. People like Memory Remain. People like Fuel. Those are the ones, huh? <laughs> those and, are the bangers. Yeah, those are the ones. Those are the ones I know. Whereas these other bands, they they're popular in their own right, but a, a, a good example is Weird Al. Weird Al has lasted longer than most of the bands he's parodied. Whereas people are still starting up death metal bands. People are still starting up black metal bands. People are still starting up thrash metal bands. How many people are starting up grunge bands? No, nobody wants to be, uh, nobody wants to do Euro pop because it's cool. People want to be rappers and, and make dance music for money. That's it. People start metal bands because they like the music and they like playing it. And it actually impacts their life on a very personal and spiritual level. It's timeless. I, you know, whatever you might have to say about black metal, it's not for everybody. It, it's still going strong. Like it, it was very popular for a brief period of time because of all the controversy surrounding it. But there, there is a, a huge dedicated audience to it. Death metal never reached the infamy of black metal, but it's still more commercially successful and people are still starting up death metal bands and making good bands. It, it just doesn't have the commercial appeal that these other acts did. And I think Metallica uh, w was, was part of a, a, a bigger ploy to, to cut this off just at the knees, make sure like this is getting too popular. We don't want this to be popular. We, we want, we want easier, more assembly line crap that we can churn out. We don't want grassroots, passionate, projects from people that really care and can play their instruments well and want to write good songs and, and inspire others. The music industry doesn't want that music industry wants the most soulless, inhumane, uh, mass marketable trash possible. Like they, the, the music industry has a very similar um, a business model as like Taco Bell. Like they just want to churn out cheap crap quickly and make a lot of money. It's not expensive to produce a rap song, just like it's not expensive to produce a taco Supreme from Taco Bell hard or soft shell. 
where it's a little harder to make a good thrash death or black metal band. You can pick any dumb, dumb on the street and you can make them the next rapper. Do you remember that guy who did that song that show me your genitals, your genitals? <laughs> I, what? Do, I do remember that. Song. And he, he had a, he made a record and he had a song on it. It was, it was like, we market this song to young, impressionable and insecure teenage girls. I think the song was called pop song, but he's totally making fun of how you can just, you pick up someone who's good looking and you do all the work for them. And then they're just the, the vehicle for, for you to, to, to sell this really cheap and, uh, junk food equivalent of music. Well, I wanted to push back a tiny bit because you said that it's not expensive to produce the rap, which is. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I I will add an addendum. It's not expensive, but they do charge a lot. Yes. Like little, little John, little John charges like $250,000 a song, but you can do that in. And there's like five producers listed too. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can, it's expensive for that person they pick up. It's not expensive, but people do pay a premium. And and it also gives them that, that prestige. Like, I had my record produced by Lil John and seven other people. My record costs forty five million to produce. Album yeah. drops and make. Yeah, they because they get to say all that stuff and they don't realize like you've been taken for a ride, dummy. That's what I mean. It's expensive right, but to that you, single person, but right. But well, yeah, anything can be expensive. Like you can you can have the most expensive Taco Bell burrito in the world. You're just not going to get the ingredients from Taco Bell. You can get the the tortilla and the meat there, but you can you know. You get some, uh, I don't know, some black truffle oil on, on top of it. If you want to pay extra, you can, but you can in your, in your room, in your bedroom, you get a, a decent computer with a decent sound card and, uh, any kind of, um, DAW, you, you can make any rap. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be what these people charge, those people charge more for essentially having their name associated with it. You're paying for their name. You're not paying for the production because rap is not like the, the early eight track demos of band of garage bands in the seventies and eighties. Like it's all simple digital stuff. I'm sure you're saying that, that me or you could get the same amount of stuff as little John and make literally the exact same type of music. We just have different names. Is that a sense? Like we have the ability to purchase yes. this computer. Yes. Like no, and no, it's, we could produce you know I mean? it. We, okay, and here's the sense. thing. We could produce that and, and you could say, like, Oh yeah. Well, do you know how to mix and master? We could get someone who, who will charge a hundred, 200 bucks to mix and master it for us. We could I already got my name. Lil Deej. There you go. There you go, little Deej. Eight, eight, little Deej with A to the C. Well, I kind of don't like that that name. Well, well, obviously, change my. It was a joke. I figured. Now you've drawn attention to it. Now it's now that you don't like it, you're gonna be stuck. Now it's with a it. thing. That's a thing. You Good job. Change my name again. Good job, dummy. It's the fourth time you've had to do that just because you can't get away from bad rap names. Thanks, Bin Laden.
Yeah, seriously. But we we could do that. Now, producing like good sounding metal a little harder because you have to adjust for loud drums and loud guitars. Little harder to mix as opposed to a drum machine which is digital. Uh you can use keyboards which those are much easier to record than a distorted guitar. And you're just singing into it. So you just need a, a decent uh, condenser mic, which costs like between one to $200. And that, and that's all you need. And, and that's, and most of that is it's a one time payment of the one time payment of the DAW, the one time payment of the computer, one time payment of the microphone, one time payment of the drum machine, one time payment of whatever keyboard synthesizer you want to use to generate and maybe you don't want to use that maybe you want to you could do a acoustic guitars you know again back to the show me your genitals guy he had that rap song i'm just a regular everyday normal guy nothing special about me you know like he did that one and he had a it was a drum machine and an acoustic guitar i i'm sure he did not pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars to get that song out and, and that's how they trick a lot of these dum-dums like, wow, I got this. Uh, uh, this guy charges this much and he did it for me. Wow. Well, you could pluck anyone out on the street to be the next rapper. You could do it. Oh yeah. Well, this person's got this flow, but anyone can write that stuff. You know, that, that like they almost did that with someone like Post Malone. And what's weird is that Ozzy Osbourne did a song with him on the, I think on, on the latest record. I don't know if you know much about him, but I know, I, I he, know he looks like he should, um, per, uh, yeah, perform it's, with it's the pathetic. insane clown posse. <laughs> yeah. Po, po, yeah. I don't know why that, that guy's popular. He's got like that. He's got like this whiny voice. I hate when singers have like those whiny voices. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it sounds different to other people, but I just hear, I just hear it like this whining sound. So, I get what Ozzy's trying to do to get into like other markets or, you know, take but advantage of. But those markets don't like Ozzy Osbourne. They don't. So why do it? This is, this is a, a misnomer that th- this, this idea that if you just branch out to other genres, you'll, you'll, you know, cast a wide net, as they say, uh, that doesn't work. Like, you know, uh, metal and rap it really is it's oil and water people that like the rap demographic does not like hard rock now there might be some 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 weaklings out there that like hard rock they're like oh yeah i like when they do the rap crossover it's like yeah yes you you're very good at bending over for people that don't like you well done but they don't like each other Cause when we, whenever we hear about like the rap and rock stuff, like we, we, we hear about the anthrax song, people don't really like that song. We're just constantly told about how big of a deal that is. If you ask someone now, I, I know people like I'm the man by anthrax, but that song feels more like a joke. Whereas bring the noise is like taken seriously. I, and I, I think most Anthrax fans don't like that song. I don't know how many Anthrax fans there are, really. But I would guess that they, 
they they prefer the other so and I'm talking about like the metal fans, like the ones that like um spreading the disease among the living, fistful of metal. They probably don't want to hear anthrax rapping. They they want to hear classic thrash. Like nobody cares about Walk This Way with Run DMC and Aerosmith. Now we're like told these are great cultural icons or um iconic cultural iconic moments. Oh wow, oh can you believe this happened? Yeah, but no one no one looks back on those songs and man, that song's good. I want to listen to that like, song. Like, like uh Sting and P. Diddy. Did that happen? Yeah, where um the every breath I take. P. Diddy oh, did it. Oh no, no. He just stole that song and pretended it was something else. No, no, no. That that's different. That that's not a collaboration. Sting didn't play on that. He just took his song. Oh, so you just ripped that off completely. Yeah. He did we collaborate told, with like, he cool did thing. collaborate with um Jimmy Page for the Godzilla song. Where he just took the riff from Kashmir and rapped over it. But no, that he and you just never that, you never see it the other way around. You'll see rappers use metal people like Crazy Train. They use I think was at the Black Eyed Peas, and they even no, it was even uh, used. Uh, I know the song it was Trick Daddy. I think it's called Let's, Let's Go. Let's Go. Yeah, if you want yeah, it, you can get it. Trick Let's Daddy go, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, is that who it was? Yeah. But you would never see like a metal band besides Anthrax, but they still did like. You know, they had like a d- double bass on the well, drum. Okay. That, that, that no, was no, 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 no. There's a, there was a, uh, public enemy song that took the riff from, um, angel of death. They do it all the time. Well, that's, Is that's, there, because, yeah, it's because, okay. Here's the difference. Uh, rappers don't create music. They don't, they absolutely don't. Some of them, you know, they, they might, I know the beastie boys did. But for the most part, they just take other people's stuff and then they just talk over it. It's, it's not deep. Like people pretend it's, it's deep. Like look up the lyrics for, um, rapper's delight. It's, it's silly. People pretend, I remember hearing this a long time ago that, uh, some, some woman said, that rap isn't a musical genre. Now she's, she's not tearing rap down. She's building it up, but she said it's a sociopolitical movement and it, it's not, it, it wasn't really until grandmaster flash that it, it, that the lyrics had any kind of deep meaning. Like the, the message was pretty much like the inner city sucks. And these people aspire to be, uh, drug dealers and various criminals where really that's just, that's an albatross around their neck. And this is the, the best you can do if that's what you, uh, aspire to. And the best you can do is really bad. And before that, all their lyrics were about partying. Like look up the lyrics for like, a rapper's delight. It's, it's, it's a joke. And I, I don't mean it's a joke like Metallica's new record. I mean, they're, 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 they're kind of goofing and they're just, it's lighthearted and fun. I'm not defending it because I, I don't like any of that stuff because I just, what raps, what rap is now and what it, 
what it really created, especially in the nineties is, is, is so detrimental to the world. Like what, what came from rap is it's, it's really bad. Like the amount like the of effect it's had on culture. Yes. And it's, it's not just that it inspired a bunch of criminals, but it also, it, it inspired a lot of hedonism. And I, I do have a problem with, with something that metal did in the eighties and we'll, we'll get to that in a later episode, but rap really normalized, um, just, just delinquent behavior. And it encouraged it and it was propped up to do so. So I'm not going to say like, oh, well, rapper's delight is fun. It's like, well, you know, this, this was a big hit and it, it led to something that, that I, I would say if you removed rap from pop culture, we would have a less violent world. So just a be world- hard to argue against that. Yeah, I mean, very hard I, to argue that. Yeah, and, and anyone that does try to argue that, oh, they're just expressing themselves, they can't blah 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 blah. Oh, 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 but a oh, rap caused people to do this, but metal didn't cause people to kill themselves. Yes, yes, that is what I'm saying. Especially with the case they presented for the um, um, the stained class. Oh no, better by you, better than me, which is on stained class. Yes. And you know this story, right? The kid killed himself listening to Better By You, Better Than Me. And apparently a voice told him to do it in that song. Literally said they heard Uh, something say, do it. Do you know this story? Because I I think we can end on this. Didn't that also, didn't that also happen with like the book, like the catcher in the rye or something like that? I I think that inspired someone to like shoot someone. Isn't that what happened? Yeah. I think I'm getting the, the stories confused, but go on. Uh, Let's act as if I hadn't heard this before. Okay. So, uh, a kid was listening to stained class and, um, Okay, so uh, apparently, uh, oh, whatever. I was I was going to get into the catcher in the rye thing. Apparently, that's what ha- uh, Mark David Chapman had a copy of the book when he shot John Lennon. Yeah, that's what it was. That's how I, I knew it, it. It was tied to tied music to music somehow. somehow. But uh-huh, yeah. But but this this kid was listening to Stained Class, the Judas Priest record, and he had mm-hmm. killed himself. And Judas Priest was actually sued. Like they went to, to trial and supposedly on the song better by you, better than me, which I believe is a cover. There is a subliminal message in that song where there's a voice that says, do it. And, and that made the kid want to kill himself. And, and this is how you know that this whole thing is, is just a bunch of, a bunch of BS. And they, they don't know what the B or what the, what the do it is. They just say like, oh, they had do it. And they told him to kill himself. Now there is a song on stained class. Do you know where I'm going with this? Uh, not entirely. Okay. So stained class has one of the biggest Judas priest songs on it. 
uh, one beyond the realms of death. You, you with me? You with me? You see? You see this? See where I'm going? You, you with me? Huh? I'm with you. I, you had said in, in the past that, um, that you can't use rap lyrics against you. So Jewish priest was sued. That doesn't sound, or is this, you can't, that's a new, there, that's a, a new law. That's a new is there law. A time. Okay. That's a time. But, but the thing is they, they were, um, they were sued, um, because they, they were, uh, they, they claimed the song told the guy, the kid to kill himself, but the song beyond the realms of death is about, a, a kid that kills himself. And that song is on stained class. Now they mentioned it in the trial, but apparently the song was, was better by you better than me, which is what made the guy want to kill himself. Now they didn't highlight beyond the realms of death, which is very possible. What, inspired this kid to kill himself because <laughs> he's listening so to the song the and he's, song. yeah and that's how you know that it's just like it's a it's a total oh, it's all bs it's yeah, manufactured it, it's a yeah it's a total dog and pony show like oh we're gonna get you because we think blah 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 yeah and it, it was all it, dude and this was in 1990 and this is all this is my whole thing that metal was killed. They brought metal up for one specific reason. And we will get to this. Like we'll, we'll, maybe we'll do a whole series on this whole thing, but probably should, but, uh, they were trying to take down metal and they went after the band and they picked the least likely song. But you, how, how do you blame a band for, for a, a suicide? Because the, the, the lyrics are, are about, you know, this, this guy is just sad and worthless. Nothing is going his way. And then, you know, and he dies and, and then this kid may be listening to it and like, that's how I feel. And then I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go find a, a bullet to eat. And while tragic, they just highlighted the wrong song in 1990 to, to try to take down this very popular band and probably use this as a springboard to start destroying the genre. Because the next year, the Black Album came out. And that's what began the destruction of metal in the mainstream. That's fascinating. And it makes a lot of sense. It's yeah, funny. Go ahead. On, on, the new, on the new Metallica record, there's a song called um, suicide, Screaming, Screaming Suicide. Yeah. yeah. Was that you when you were listening to it? What does that mean? It was. Screaming Suicide? Does that just, like, uh, are you literally screaming? Are you just going, Suicide! Okay, suicide! No, uh, just, uh, 
<laughs> like what is, uh, yeah, well, I don't understand ever, what that means. What was it? Uh, and now you speak my name. You've given back the blame. Keep me deep inside. Don't you keep me inside screaming suicide. Like that's this record. I'm telling you, is going to put a lot of people into a, a padded room talking to therapists. I'm telling you, this is a committed record. It 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 will drive you insane. Yeah, I do. I do need it's to listen awful. to it. I'm not going to do it like you, I did with Symbolic, where I just I just sat down and I listened to it in just one shot. I'm I'm probably going to have to take breaks. Like, yeah, I, I yeah I, you have to. I had to listen to it a couple of times to really. I wanted to judge it for what it, it it was. I didn't want to be biased against it. If there was a good song or a song I didn't hate, I'm okay with saying it. Those two songs. Uh, but yeah, take your time with it and, and analyze it. Um, looking at the lyrics really kind of opened it up because I was yeah. like, all right, the lyrics are so bad. I have to like look at them and they're even worse looking at them. It's just rhyming. It just sounds the same. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably lazy. I'll probably look at the lyrics while I'm listening to it, so I get a, a good a better, idea. So I get a better idea of what. And then I'm, you only have to I'm listen to it in. one time. Yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna. Yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna do. And what was that I'll, two hours and thirty four minutes that I just listened to that? That's that's unfortunate. That's, but uh, I did it for everybody, you know. We did it for the you things people. I do. <laughs> Because we respect you, audience, as a person. Well, I I think we should do uh, an episode on the PMRC very soon. I and, think we talk about it every episode, so maybe well, we mention be... it, but we'll do we'll do a, like a, a whole episode on it because I, I I do have a lot to to say about that whole thing, and and I think a lot of people will not be happy with with my analysis and my conclusion. But no, but I'm it pretty needs to, sh- I'm pretty sure I'm there. right. I am pretty sure I'm right. As in correct. As in correct. Thank you for clarifying. Sometimes I'm I yes. speak in a manner that is a little confusing and thank you for yeah. clarifying. Right, right. So do you do you have any do you have any uh parting words? Anything I think more? it's helpful. I think it's helpful that if, if you are to listen to this Metallica record to, to listen to the brand new Megadeth record and kind of see like what, where these bands are at, at their careers and what, and maybe think like why it is this way, like why is Megadeth so much better? You know, there's a reason for it and you know, we got to get into it more, but it just, there is no debate anymore. It's Megadeth's objectively better in every way. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think the people that try to hold on to the Metallica versus Megadeth thing, I, I think you're going to find a lot of people that really don't like metal. They, they might think they do, but they don't like, I listen to heavy metal, like black Sabbath. Like they'll say stupid things like that. Well, uh, I think, uh, we, we covered a lot. We did a lot more than, uh, I was expecting and, and I, I think that was, uh, not necessarily a bad thing, but next time we do, uh, something this length, we will have a nice little break 
and a break song picked out for everyone. But do you want to sign us off there, DJ? Yeah. Thank you again for tuning in with us to the Metal Podcast. You can follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify. We have YouTube. We've got Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. If I forgot anything else, we will let you know. You can email us at themetalpod at gmail.com. And we want to thank you all for being out there and enjoying the music. We appreciate you and stay safe, everybody. Thank you again.